Blog Talk Radio. February 5th, 2019. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Thank you for listening, and to all of you that are listening later to the podcast on the archives, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to do that. I am so excited about today's show. Brian Hawley and Anishinaabe Elder will speak to us today about their Seven Fires prophecy, their creation story, beliefs, sacred sites, Sweat Lodge, and how we can connect and stay connected to Mother Earth. Brian is a pipe carrier, sweat lodge, water pourer, vision quest leader, and a good friend of mine for almost 15 years now. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Joan. How you doing? I'm well. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me on today. Yes, it's always a wonderful day. <laughs> yes, whenever it's above freezing, it's a wonderful day here in the winter. So, yeah, it's a great day. Thanks for joining me. I was wondering if we could start today by telling everyone about the Anishinaabe tribe, where they're located, and a little bit of the background. The Anishinaabe people are uh, uh, an Algonquin people, an Algonquin cultural and language people. Um primarily um, made up of the Algonquin, the Ottawa, and the Ojibwe people, the Ojibwe people being the largest percentage of the people that constitute the Anishinaabe people. They uh, are mostly woodland people from the, uh, well, the uh, Algonquin, of course, are, are from Quebec. They go from the East Coast all the way over to um, uh Minnesota at this point, the Algonquin people are primarily in uh, Quebec and Ontario, as is the uh, Ojibwe people are in Canada and the U.S. also, um, and the Ottawa people are primarily in the U.S. right now. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your, your spiritual beliefs. What's the basis, you know, what's the heart of the Anishinaabe tribe. I think that the, the heart of the Anishinaabe tribe is, is uh, the heart of most uh, native uh, first nation and, and uh, native American people. And that is the interconnectedness of everything, the interrelationship of, uh, of us as a people with our surroundings. And it, so, I think the difference uh, yeah, one of the big differences is that the uh, um, the main culture 
thinks about dominating um, the resources and and, uh, and the natural world. Not everybody, of course, but and then the uh, native people, I think, think more of living in communion with that. Yes. So um, yeah. living together in the right in a right way on Mother Earth. Right. That's correct. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. And it the the uh, um, the words that minnow bamatsawin means the good life, and that that is that is living the right way. Is also the red road, as you've heard, I'm sure, um, which is is uh, trying to live a life in balance. Um, with Mother Nature and with with your fellow human beings, um, yeah, right living. Yes, <laughs> that's what we're all doing. <laughs> all trying yeah. to do is <laughs> especially trying now do, yeah. live live in balance <laughs> in these times of imbalance of great imbalance. But you know, balance really is a dynamic state. You know. Um, yeah. Especially nowadays, you know, it really is. It is. It is. So, yeah, what about? Uh, you, go ahead, Brian. No, it, 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 it's a never-ending quest. That's for sure. Mhm. Mhm. What about the Anishinaabe creation story? What do they say on how this world was created, how we were created? Well. Okay. Yeah, they. Um, you know, the 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 interesting thing is they they call uh, Chimanidu, which is the Great Spirit, um, or the Great Mystery, which is which I find extremely interesting because Great Mystery means that we can't we can't know everything. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't keep questing for it, but it, I think it means that, that that there's something out there that we keep looking for. Um, the creator in the creation story, it's interesting, he created Mother Earth first, which is female energy. That was the first. And then everything else was created, and the last was man. And uh, it said that he took four parts of Mother Earth and blew them into the sacred shell, which is, which is the, uh, I'll talk about it later, which is very important into our uh, migration story. But the, from the union of those four sacred elements, man was created, and then he lowered man to the earth. So, so this creation story is different from, say, for the Hopi prophecies and their creation story, where they came up from the earth. We we were lowered down, and what Anishinaabe means is from whence lowered the male of the species, and first man was known as Wana Wanabuju, and when the creator lowered him, he was wandered the earth and named everything. His his job, his first job was to name the rivers, the um, the trees, the mountains, and and that stuff. And that's what he did originally. So that the creation story was, um, and, and of course it progresses in in that he becomes uh, very lonely because he's the only person there, and and he gives uh, the creator gives him. Uh, Mayan gun, which is the wolf, and the wolf again goes around the world with him, and uh, and then when he comes back, he realizes the wolf is not enough, and of course, then we go to the female. He 
has a female, and they get married and, and they have children and they they live the good life and then they uh, um, there's villages across uh, North America, Turtle Island, and and uh, what happens is what happens in many stories is that they start to fight. Humans start to fight. They start to um, uh, become jealous of each other. They start to covet what other people want. And and uh, as many stories unfold, including the Bible, um, the Creator um, sends a flood, and everybody dies, and except for one man, that's original man. He's not, a, and he he ends up on a log in the in the water and um you know he's he's very sad because everything's gone and, and you know this is a purification story it, it is told by many many different cultures and then eventually um they, he realizes he's got they want to start the earth again so many of the animals that he that are resting on the log there's some of the animals that had survived also they uh, all try to go down to the bottom, and the man tries to go down first, and he can't make it, and he comes back. He What he wanted to do was grab some uh, dirt, some of the mud that was down there, so that he could come back and, and maybe start earth again. And what happens is a couple of the other animals try it, and they, they same thing, no, no success. And then the muskrat says that he will try it, and everybody laughs at the muskrat, you know, how are you going to do this? And he goes down, he's gone for a long time, and they, they figure for sure he drowned, and he comes back. And he, as he gets back to the log, he had, he, he had drowned, but he makes it to the back, and they're all doing the uh, what we call the traveling song, a mourning song for him. Um, and one of them notices that he has some dirt in his, in his paw. And so they put the dirt on the back of the turtle, and the turtle says, I will create North America, Turtle Island, and that's where Turtle Island comes from in our story. And again, it's populated, and that's that's how that's how we came about to where we are now with our nations. That's so, the creation so story. That's beautiful. There's a couple things I, I want to um, ask you about during that story. First of all, you talked about the four sacred elements I'm assuming that you're talking about earth, air, water, and fire. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. That's correct. And then you said that the Anishinaabe means it's being lowered. So I'm just wondering, does that tribe at all connect with star beings, like, um, for example, the Hopi connect with the Kachina? Do you have any connections with, with other star beings? Do you talk about that in your tradition? You know, and not that I'm aware of, but that, that certainly doesn't mean I know all of it, what happens. I do know that we, Wabana um, um, Nug, which means morning star, is is uh, revered. Also, morning sun is revered. Um, the stars are revered. But I, I really don't know of any cosmology that, that I might know about, you know, that, that we would be um, connected with. I'm sure there is. I just don't know. Okay. And it was interesting you talked about this flood and that all died except for one. Um, 
it's interesting to think about uh, what the Bible says and Noah and the flood there that I wonder if there's any correlation with those stories. Was there anything else one that was told sure. about the floods, that that one large flood? No, it just said that the creator um, realized that there needed to be a, a purification. Purification. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, as you and I have talked about many times, you know, there needed to be a purification, and and uh, um, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to talk on future shows about this in a more scientific way and from what um, I've been following in the latest research that we have about um, going through these times of purification, as the indigenous have called them, the Hopi calls it the time, this is the great time of purification. And as a matter of fact, um, a lot of these scientists now are seeing that the uh, petroglyphs that, and I've seen many of them in uh, like, you know, at Chaco Canyon or in Arizona, um, are really depicting what the sun may do going, what's called micronova. And when the sun goes through these cyclical events, then you get great earth changes. And I'm going to talk about that on a future show. I just find that all of this is starting to, you know, uh, kind of click in, you know, with everything that I, I have studied and learned when I was out in the Southwest and from what I'm studying right now and the latest science about this. You know, um, it, you'd have to think. You'd have to think there's some correlation. That's for sure. Well, we're certainly seeing the changes in our weather patterns. I mean, no one can deny that. Um, you know, the weather is getting more extreme. Uh, we just had, you know, a huge cold spell here in the U.S. And then this huge warm up. And uh, in upstate New York, we set a warm record the warmest day just yesterday so you know uh these huge temperature swings and then you get these huge storms and um later on the end of the show i'll talk a little bit about we have time about um some of the earth changes that are happening and we know that we're having a lot more um large earthquakes and certainly a lot more volcanic activity this year so in the sun we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about that in a future show too. How the sun really impacts the weather here on Earth, and is there any um, tradition that speaks to you know some indigenous call it Father Sun? Do you have anything that you know that your tradition talks about regarding the sun, Brian? Well, you know, many are are normally um, in the past. They, it's not an Anishinaabe people. Uh, it's not a tradition to do the sun dance, although it is now more and more Anishinaabe people are doing the sun dance. It's uh, the Lakota, the Lakota people. Um, they, you know, they they do the sun dance. There's a, and a lot of the other Plain tribes do the sun dance. The it's a um, it's a, a large event. I, I've I've gone to it to um, I've not danced, but I've gone to it to support my friends that do dance, and. And obviously, they're um, they are paying homage to the sun. I mean, that's what it means. They they dance in the sun, and and what they're doing is is uh, for many of them, it's a sacrifice. It might be a sacrifice for a uh, a child of theirs that has cancer. Um, 
it may be a sacrifice for um, somebody for any hardship that somebody else is doing. But primarily, it is it is recognizing the power of the sun, um, and just recognizing it, revering it, and by dancing. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, they, they they do recognize the strength of the sun, and they do recognize that it that is significant. It's called in our in the Ojibwe language is called gisus. Uh, that means sun. Um, yeah, it's very important, extremely important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I know you touched on this sacred shell. I want to hear more about that. I think you're going to talk about that in the seven si- seven excuse me seven fires prophecy. Is that true? That's that's correct. And and. Uh, I'll talk about that next. And, and what that was was uh, approximately, you know, the, the uh, our tradition is oral, um, mm-hmm. and and the best best you can hear is that 500 years ago, um, seven prophets came to the Anishinaabe people, um, and when they were living on and and the Atlantic, and gave them. The seven fires. The the seven prophets gave. They were called. They gave uh, eras of of what would happen for the next five hundred years, and the. I mean, it could take forever to talk about this, but the the main thing was that they they told them that they needed to be. The prophets said that uh, you need to make a migration from the east coast to the land where food grows upon the water. Um. And that was the last, that was the stopping place that they, the last stopping place. Now, obviously people, Anishinaabe people have moved from there, but that was, that was in uh, Madeline Island, which is uh, Madulin Island. I'm sorry. And that was in Ontario and Minnesota. And, and that's where the wild rice grows and which is a, a sacred food for the uh, Anishinaabe people right now. Um, mm-hmm. It has been a sacred food. And mm-hmm. and they still cultivate it the way they cultivate it for hundreds of years, you know, with a canoe and um, and beating the bushes with a uh, an oar or stick, and then and the uh, rice comes into your uh, boat. But what happened was they told them that they needed to leave. The the, the prophet said in, um, that they needed to leave because there would be a, a a light-skinned race that would be coming to the east coast, and they didn't know. And they said it, that you need to move. Um, and they ended up with different stopping places. And the first stopping place is the people move. You know, a lot of people things were good, and a lot of people didn't pay attention to what the prophets told them. And the first pro and the the uh, Abenaki people, our cousins on the east coast, I think suffered the most because they stayed behind. And uh, a lot of the natives on the, uh, the original people that were on the east coast. Um, you know, they got decimated. They got decimated by uh, weapons they had never seen, and they got decimated by um, diseases. And so the first stopping place was, um, and they told them to follow the Amiga shell, which is what you're talking about, which is a sacred shell to us. And um, they recognized, they said, follow that shell and follow the Medewin Lodge, which is the Grand Medicine Society. It's it's the, that is making a comeback right now. It's, it's a, a, it's a lodge where the uh, elders teach people the the uh, old ways, some of the medicines, and 
and um, and how to live a good life, as we talked earlier. Um, so they stopped at the first stopping off point. Where I think uh, most people would think is came down to St. Lawrence, which is interesting because you and I live in this area. They came down to St. Lawrence, and the first stopping place was Montreal. And then uh, those people uh, went up the Ottawa River, and I think that that's the Algonquin people, which right now there's only, I think, 11,000 Algonquin people left. Wow. Um, and then, they, the, yeah, and then the next stop was um, Niagara Falls, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the, there was, like, other stops, other stops, and, and, uh, um, and then they ended up the last stop. I told you that they were Salt St. Marie and, and all along the Great Lakes, which is why the Great Lakes are, are uh, sacred. To that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you and I are going to talk about sacred places, but that they're sacred, and and uh, these prophecies, um, each each prophet was an error that happened. It was a time frame, and I, you know, they talked about um, they talked about uh, following um, the old medicine ways and and not getting away from that. And there was a, and said that they would get away from that. And, and, and they did. And it talked about, um, that the, that there would be, um, a lot of the culture would be decimated and people were thinking, you know, a, a lot of that has to do with, um, the government coming and taking, um, um, children away to boarding school. And, um, mm-hmm. so they, the, a lot of the language was lost and a lot of the culture was lost. Be, um, for a number of reasons, and I don't want to get into the political, or you know, the political or, or militarization. We all know about that, but um, mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. they uh, so they they um, they told about many many errors that would happen, and, and they they most of them have they've all come true. But the last the last prophet. They said it was a younger younger man, the the seventh one, and he said that uh, um, they said he was he a little wild eyed in his eyes, and and that he um he said that there will become a time where uh, you'll know you're at the seventh fire, where um, the fish is not the the fire grows on the water, and the fish are not good to eat, and of course that's where we are now. Remember the Cuyahoga River caught on fire and the Cleveland area back in, I think, in the 60s or 70s. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, you and I live in the beautiful Finger Lakes and Great Lakes area, and we can only eat one fish a month because of the pollution. Um, mm-hmm. So so much of that has come true. And then um, what they said is we're – and, and many of the elders at this point think we're at that, we're at that seventh fire, um, which, which so means So what does that, that mean? Yeah. Which well, the, the seventh fire means that we're in a fork in the road, and mm. there's two roads to to take, and the one road is what they called scorched, and the other road is still green, and and the most of the thought of the elders, and the um, uh, learned people think that the the uh, if you follow the scorch way, that is the way. Uh, and we're talking about the the white man now, the light the light skinned race. Whether they will follow which road it determines what's going to happen with our with our planet. And if they follow the scorch road, which most people think means the road of headlong headlong technology, without any thought of the consequences, 
then we're in really bad straits. If they follow the green path, which is a path of spirituality, a slower, if you will, path, with thinking of the consequences of your actions, not just mm-hmm. just not headlong rising to to create something, then that's the way that would that will light light the eighth fire, which is a fire of brotherhood and sisterhood and peace and love. Um, and most people think that's where we are right now. We are at a crossroads. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just talked about the Hopi prophecy last week, and it's very similar in that way because at Prophecy Rock, it comes to there's, there's two roads, and you can follow the Hopi way or you can follow the, the indigenous way or for your tradition, the green road, or you could take the Bahama road that the Hopi would call, you know, the white man's road or the lighter skin and, and go this way. And they showed that that road would end, but their road would continue. And uh, so, so it's very similar. It's it's really interesting. And I, and I do believe we're, we're at that cross crossroads. And I think everyone would agree, you know, to see what's happening right now. And I will have an astrologer come on, uh, probably more than one, and I'll talk about the astrology a little bit more too, but even the astrology of this time says that we're at this great change that's going to happen. And it also makes me think about uh, Nostradamus when he predicted this thousand years of peace. So we really are there. Which one are we going to choose? And I find it very interesting because, you know, with him or any prophet, you know, the question comes up, what will you choose? You know, uh, mm. even that's like the Bible code that was there. That was there in the Bible code. What what will you choose? You know, and that will determine our future. There's a, certainly a lot of similarities. One would have to give it credence, I would think, you know. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, like I said, when you look at all these petroglyphs and uh, what they were really, I think, depicting, because I'm like, why are they they're putting the creation spiral? Or what is this? Or maybe that looks like uh, an extraterrestrial or whatever. But, you know, actually, when you look at what might happen to the sun, if it micronovas, it looks very similar. It's really, it's really uh, compelling to see this. And uh, as I talk about in my second book, Hardwired to Heaven, you know, we are all going through this ascension phase, and as more and more of this light comes in, that's how we become enlightened. That's that's how we go through this raising of our frequencies. Um, was there any talk about what happens to us, you know, to the humans on this earth at this time? If we choose that road, do we change too? If we choose, if we choose the the uh... The green Not the road. The road, you mean the green? Yeah, yeah. Well, it says you know it says that we have um, um, brotherhood, sisterhood, peace, and love. So, um, it, uh, interesting enough, it doesn't say what happens if we follow the other one. I think they think that that's self-evident. If we keep, yeah, um, yeah, like the Hopi, it, yeah. it ends. You know, well, it ends. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the the yeah the eighth fire doesn't light, so. So, right. yeah, they don't it. talk about a ninth fire after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Uh-huh. no. Uh-huh. And, and then it says all, and it says all mm-hmm. four. Yeah, it says all four races of man will live together in peace and harmony. And what just struck me, what just came to me right now, is that they use the term fire. 
You know, they call mm. it a fire. And we can look at fire yeah. in a lot of different ways. You know, certainly it's it's purification. You know, fire does purify. But, you know, you can think about the sun and the fire in the sun. You know, um, you think about, well, where does the fire element come from? Yes, we can make fire here, but we can also think about Father Sky, uh, you know, Father Sun here. Um, I, I just find that interesting. Anything uh, to add on that, Brian? Fire, well, you know, fire, fire. It's interesting you said that because I didn't, I didn't, um, I, I forgot to talk about that. But for that, all of that period of according to the prophecy, all of that period from the time they made the migration, which was years and years and years, hundreds of years, there was always a sacred fire lit. There was a, there was people who were responsible for mm. keeping the fire going all of the time. The so they understood mm-hmm. the, the significance. It's interesting you brought that. They understood mm-hmm. the significance mm-hmm. of the fire. Um, yeah, which which is very important to us in in our um, purification lodge, you know, and, and uh, our other ceremonies. Yeah, the, the fire. It, it, it's just so interesting because we can go a little bit more on this symbolism here too. And what I think about is keep the home fires burning, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and what that means to us. And when I, when I start to, you know, think about that, it really comes to, to the core, to the heart. You know, what what really matters to us, keep the home fires burning or, you know, keep the fire going in your heart. And, you know, again, um, we are the we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. We do have a mini sun within our hearts, I believe. I wrote about, too, in Hardware to Heaven. So I find this I find this quite interesting, Um, you know, just overlapping this tradition, this ancient tradition uh, with what. You know, we're uh, because my book does blend science and spirituality of what we're really waking up to now. So it's really beautiful. And that that's the key part of this, that we are waking up, because if we weren't waking up, then we wouldn't have the choice of the green road because we wouldn't even know that it existed. Yeah, we wouldn't be so, having this conversation. No, exactly, Brian. Exactly. And you talked about following the old medicine ways. What does that mean? Well, you know, it's, there's, there's the Medewin Lodge, which is the Grand Medicine Society. um, It's it's a, um, it's, it's, it's coming back. It's been going, but it seems to be getting stronger. And and, and it's, 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 it's talking about, um, what what you know is a sweat lodge, what I call a purification lodge, and um, you know the it's that it's the Bawajigewan, um, uh, which is the vision quest. It's the sun dance. Um, it's the naming ceremonies, which our naming ceremonies, you know, is is when mm-hmm. a, a a baby is born, an elder or a, a, a person of of some prominence will come in and, and name the child. Well, that naming ceremony comes back from when I told you that the original man wandered the earth and, and the creator told him to name everything, the plants and the water. That's where that naming uh-huh, ceremony comes uh-huh, from. Uh-huh. So that all ties in together. But so, so it's, 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 still, it's still doing um, like the uh, ceremonies that have been going on for 
thousands of years still doing those. You know, if, if, if they weren't important and they weren't real, we still wouldn't be doing them, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, just from my what I know about indigenous peoples and from my time in Arizona and even in Akiva and, and, you know, putting my science background and some of the the, the experiences I had, I I really, in in talking to, um, I think he may have been Lakota. um, And and we did some, uh, Benny LeBeau, we did some um, uh, acupuncture for the earth uh, in talking with him that a lot of the indigenous know about, really scientific principles and, and have seen all of this and know this, that we're just now discovering, which is quite interesting. Um, and there, there is a reason, and I'm sure that, you know, the Western man, Western society, I should not say man, but Western society will wake up to it one day and see the, the proof behind it, the science behind it of why you do what you do. And, uh, you know, the naming ceremony, what's in a name, you know, that is so important. Yeah. And I think we've, we've lost the importance of these things because once you have the name of something, you have power over it. Yeah. yeah. And when we speak what we're doing and even, you know, now we know, you know, it's, it's even on Facebook, you know, people share all this about smudging, about using sage. Why do we use sage? Well, it, it does clear the negative energy. It, it does clear the house of, you know, it could be antibacterial and a lot of other, you know, properties. So I, I, I think that um, for people to, to think, you know, in the old thought about the indigenous that, you know, oh, you know, when, when Columbus came over and then the rest, the rest of Europe came over and we have to get rid of the heathens. And if they weren't, you know, part of the Christian Catholic or whatever Christian churches, you know, that's it. Um, if we, you know, if we still stay with that thought, we'll just think, you know, this, this they don't know what they're doing. But if we sit and we live in right relationship with all peoples, no matter what tribe they are, whether it's, you know, over in Africa or, or the aboriginals in, in, in Australia, no matter where you are on this earth, you will learn so much wisdom because they were tapped in to this collective consciousness. They were tapped into the cosmic mind. And if we tap into that, we can download anything we want. It's kind of interesting that that we uh, that there was such a, a a big movement to eradicate a lot of um, culture and traditions that were used by um, original people. Why was that such mm-hmm. a threat? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that's a, a that's a question. Why was that such a threat? I'll yeah, throw an interesting. Yeah. Thing out, you know, I do, I do lodge, and, and when I tell, and I have a lot, a lot of young people that come, come in the lodge, and and uh, when I tell them that it was illegal until 1978 in the United States of America to have ceremony, i.e., sweat lodge, vision quest, or Sundance, they're blown away. They can't mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
until 1978, it was illegal. You could be arrested for having for having a ceremony. Yeah. Why? And thank goodness times why? are changing. Why? why? Yeah, yeah. Of why? course. That that's a whole why? other show, Brian. <laughs> we why? Can go into you that. Oh yeah. Well, but, you know, part of it is control because part of it, well, yeah. part of it was ignorance, I'm sure. And part of it was sure. about control, yeah. you know, right. and right. um, yep. we can't, cl- we can no longer claim ignorance, uh, especially with the advent of the internet. And, you know, the control is, is starting to crumble. You know, it, I'm going to talk about yeah this and, and other astrologers will about uh, Pluto and c- coming conjunct with Saturn and Capricorn. These old structures are going and uh, a lot of that is control structures. So it's, 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 it all intermeshes, you know, no matter how you look at it, everything points to the same place of where we're going. It's quite interesting. Yeah. It is quite so, interesting. It's yeah. So what about your sacred sites? You know, you talked about the Great Lakes as being sacred. What else do the Anishinaabe consider to be sacred here on Earth? Well, there, there's, a, um, you know, um, Medulan Island I was telling you about, um, Pipestone, Minnesota, where they, um, uh, where they um, get the pipe, where they get the uh, stone to make the bowl of your uh, pipes is a sacred spot. Um, and, um, and, and, of course, the lakes. And I, I would think even the St. Lawrence, I, although I've never seen that, I, I kind of think that. You know, you and I have both traveled out west together, and, and, uh, and, and I was thinking about this before I came out. I knew we were going to talk about this. You know, what makes a sacred site? Does it, does a sacred, is, it, is it because people have prayed there for thousands of years? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it because of the energy and, and you know, I thought about that for the last day, and I'm, I'm thinking probably it's a combination of both. Right. And, I uh, agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think it's a combination. Maybe, you know, the energy is, is drawn to people there to to do that praying for thousands of years. Um, and, it, you know, and, and uh, Bear Butte, for instance, and, and uh, uh, South Dakota. I went to Bear Butte several years ago, and that's where many uh, Plains tribes, people come and they do their vision quest there and they, they, uh, um, you'll see prayer ties. It was beautiful. It was, it was so heartwarming. I mean, it made you want to cry walking from the base to the top of the, uh, of the, of uh, Bear Butte and to see all of those prayer, prayer ties. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that people took the time to, to say a prayer for somebody and then tie it there. You know, they, right. that, that right. is a consciousness, consciousness that exceeds themselves. You know, they, they, thinking of somebody else or um, was quite wonderful. And, and as you know, I've, I've driven across New Mexico and look at mesas and say, holy cow, that is so powerful. Yes, yes, and, yes I've had that experience you know, too, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and then Chaco Canyon and, and Mount Taylor, Mount Humphrey, all of those and, and uh, um, you know, Sedona, I'll, I'll never forget, I had my niece in the, in the back in my car one day and I was, she had never been to Sedona. And we were driving, you know that area as well as I do, and we were driving down the road, and, and as we came around the corner is when you first see those red rocks. And mm-hmm. I looked in the back seat, and she was, and she tears coming down her eyes. Yeah, yeah. 
she said, I've never, I've never, I've never witnessed anything like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's kind of how I feel when I go to the Grand Canyon. Oh my goodness gracious. You know, what a beautiful spot. What a, what a, um, obviously now I think the problem, it's not a problem, but it certainly is a um, challenge is, is how do we, how do we manage those sites with um, the uh, aggression of, of um, some of the companies that need it, to, that they think they, they get to those, those natural resources? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you balance? You know, we talk about living in balance. Well, somewhere in there, right. we've, we've got to find a common ground, you know, um, I well, know. I think that's a challenge. Unfortunately, that certainly is a yeah. Challenge. Unfortunately, sorry. Um, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they left Mother Earth out of the equation. Exactly. And, and exactly. you know, uh, we are her children, and as you know, yeah. and uh, she is a living being. All planets yeah. are. All planets have consciousness. Everything has consciousness. If there's energy, there's consciousness. And uh, we need to think about her, and as many indigenous peoples do, seven generations out. And I was very disheartened when I saw that uh, in this country they're thinking of doing fracking close to Chaco Canyon and other sacred sites. It just is... uh, it's it's it's, I, it's for me incomprehensible, and um, yeah. it, you know I goes it goes to my heart because I I do have this beautiful connection to Mother Earth and before we end today and I, I know I want to get to talking about that but I have this connection to the Mother we all do because our heart's electromagnetic field is connected to her magnetic field. We are interconnected. We're living in this sea of interconnectivity. And I think about um, Spider uh, Spider Woman in, in um, oh, Spider Rock, um, Northern Arizona, and in that yep. uh, story, and how you know she would weave this web, and how we're all connected to this web, and we call it you know the web of <laughs> being on the web. You know, we actually call it that, but. The original and the web that will always continue is what resonates from our hearts. That is the connection. You know, it's 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 uh, it's how we what I originally said when we started this is that it's we have to live in communion, not in domination. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got to commune. We got to commune with the earth. Got to respect it. Mm-hmm. Got to think seven mm-hmm. generations. Yeah, seven times and seven. all our you relations. Know, to, we, yeah, yeah, and all our relations. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Everything is related. We all are related, whether it's a frog or a bird or, you know, uh, a horse or a human. We're all related. Yeah. We're all related. Yep. And we're all, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, with our remaining time, we have about 15 minutes left or so. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about, the sweat lodge that you hold, because I'm sure a lot of listeners know about sweat lodges, but maybe some don't. And so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, tell the purpose of the lodge and what you do. The, the lodge is, uh, um, and I, and I'm going to talk each, each, um, 
I mean, there's many different lodges, and and but most of them are, and there and there's a difference. And mine will be from the Anishinaabe tradition, um, mm-hmm. but most of them recognize just as you've just got done talking the interconnectedness of everything. Um, the the our lodge, the the lodge that I have faces east. Um, the door faces east that you enter to come into the lodge. Um, and that is in, in uh, deference to the uh, uh, morning sun, you know, the newness of the day, the newness of life, hoping that you, hoping that your experience um, will help you become reborn, which sounds really Christian. <laughs> um, yeah. But what you, you know, you, you, uh, um, the lodge itself, the, the physical makeup of the lodge is um, uh, willows or uh, other saplings that are supple enough that you can pull them over and you, and you tie them to make a dome-shaped structure. In the past, they were they were um, in the in the uh, they were covered with animal skins, but primarily now we do blankets and canvas. Um, the um, and, and our tradition, as I said, and then you have a fire, and you have a firekeeper. Again, the importance of the firekeeper. The person who starts that fire in our tradition is every bit as important as the person who pours the water. That firekeeper, is, the responsibility of them is to um, do the fire, do it with respect. You, you take um, what we call grandfathers, which are uh, stones, the, um, and you you heat those. You heat them, and the the fire tender um, watches over that, nurses it, gets those stones nice and hot, keeps the fire going. Um, if anybody is new to the lodge, they they tell them about what they're doing. Um, and behind behind the um, fire itself, we have a crescent shaped or on that altar, um, you put. Um, things that are important to you, things of power, you know, an eagle feather, a bracelet, whatever. And then um, that's on the, uh, that's on the east side of the fire. And then the, from the fire to the, um, the lodge itself is what we call um, the fire line, the spirit line. And that spirit line we cover with cedar. Um, Again, one of the, one of the uh, um, four major herbs, uh, sacred herbs and cedar is, um, Kishiken Doug in Ojibwe, and, and uh, you don't you, you don't cross that fire line. The only person who cross the fire line is the firekeeper and or the water pour until until we go inside the lodge. And so um, usually what we try to do, what I recommend to people when we're sitting outside the lodge is that they that they take some asema, which is tobacco, uh, Ojibwe word for tobacco, which is uh, another one of the sacred herbs place it in the fire with your intentions of what you would like to get out of the lodge. And the lodge, um, uh, purification lodge or sweat lodge, is, is primarily for prayer amputation. And when I say purification, I mean your body. You'll sweat toxins out, um, purifying your, your spirit and your mind. Um, and, and since I've been doing it, you know, most people tell you prayer and purification to me. I have seen so many healings happen in Lodge, and I, I say healing also. Um, but what, what we do is to become a, a water pour uh, Lodge leader, 
um, you have to um, somebody has to recognize that you have that ability, and you also have to know the songs in the um, in the uh, traditional language. So when we go in the when we go into the lodge, we sing songs to all four directions in the Ojibwe language. I do to the Ojibwe language, and what we're doing is asking for the spirits of those four directions to come in. And each direction has a significant, um, which, you know, is sacred, and I really don't want to talk about that right now unless you were in lodge. But, but you go into the lodge and you sing sacred songs and you, um, and you pray. And you pray for um, some lodge leaders only want you to pray for other people. I, I think you should pray for yourself because if you, don't have, if you don't have yourself right, you're not going to be getting anybody else right by praying for them. So, um you bring the so when the when the grandfathers when the stones are heated up, the firekeeper brings them in and, and places them in in the pit in the middle of the lodge. And that that pit is uh, and they and they do it by placing them in the four directions first, and then uh, and then they scatter them without. But the four directions are you know go east, south, west, and north, and then. Um, and each and there's a person in the lodge that that is uh, um, designated by the water pour to put cedar again cedar on each grandfather's is brought in and placed in the and um, then those are put in there and then um, let me back up again and then what and then before the people that are going to be participants in the lodge come in they're they're smudged mm-hmm. I brought this up earlier they're they're smudged primarily with um, uh, cedar or sage, and that is to get rid of any negative energy, and or to make yourself more conducive to uh, accepting this any spirits or any messages that may come to you while you're in the lodge. Um, so then, then they come in the lodge and they come in co- counter um, clockwise, and sit in the lodge, and then we see then the. Um, in some tradition, the water pours, or the uh, firekeeper stays outside, and other ones they, they come in. I have my firekeeper come inside, um, and then you close the door, and it becomes very warm, as you know, you've been there, Joan. And and uh, mm-hmm. um, and then they, the water has brought in the, the sacred water is brought in, and when that water is placed on top of those sacred stones. That is the breath of the creator, and it purifies your body. It purifies those toxins in your body, um, and um, it also helps carry your messages to the creator, your prayers. Mm-hmm. And in that lodge, it may last from pretty much what spirit tells you to do. It may last from an hour to I've been in lodges of last four hours. Um, oh, yeah. And there's each there's four doors. Each door again is is the, the time is kind of conducive what spirit tells the water pour, and uh, you open the door after the first round what they call a round, and it, we've done prayers and we've sung songs and um, and then you open the door and you know you get some a breath of the air from outside you get some relief from the heat. Um, nobody has to stay inside. If they want to come out, they say, "All my relations." Again, we're all related. All my relations, and you go out. It's not. It's not a. Um, 
a contest to see how strong you are. Um, and then we do that for four rounds. And the four rounds are, are, are representing the four directions, of course. Um, it's very powerful. And, there, and, and in itself, I said, the, I said that we purify ourselves before we go in by smudging. And in addition to that, the lodge itself, the purification lodge or the sweat lodge, is also a purification for other ceremonies. So if you're going to go out on uh-huh. a vision mm-hmm. quest, for instance, if you're going to go out on a vision mm-hmm. quest, then you go into the sweat lodge first, and you're being purified before you go out onto the um, out to the vision quest. And the same thing with sun dances. In a sun dance, you do a, a number of, of every day. You do a number of sweat lodges before before you go out. You're purified so you can go out and do your sun dance. Um, yeah. So pretty much, it's it's a um, it's a purification lodge. Mhm, mhm. With 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 prayers and and prayers and purification and healing is a, a byproduct of being in there. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that, Brian. So we've only got maybe about a little over five minutes left. I'm wondering, in this short period of time, can you give us some ways um, of how we can connect to Mother Earth and stay connected to her? You know, I, I I I don't have a formula for that. I know for me, um, you know, when you go into the, the lodge, you you and that was another thing I forgot to tell you. I'm sorry. Before you go into the lodge, the door is is low, so you're bending. You're getting down on your knees and you're giving respect to the mother. You know, you're feeling the mother below you as you go in. And when you get mm-hmm. inside the when you get inside the pit, represents the womb of Mother Earth. Right. So when yeah. you've gone through that, when you go through that process, and you're coming back out, you're on your knees again, and thought is that you've been reborn. You've been reborn in the mother, the mother earth. So, to me, that is one way. That's you know, from an indigenous standpoint, that's um, to be in a lodge on the mother is very important. Uh, to mm-hmm. do a vision quest, Malachigewin. You're you're on you are on the mother for one to four days by yourself by yourself right out there by yourself by yourself yes no matter yeah and with the stars above you and that's where that's where you are and you're in a um, uh, so again you're connected to, you, you, you again you're connected to the mother Sundance you're dancing on the mother you actually when you're in the arbor. You have your shoes off so you can feel the mother. I think for me, the the closest way to to connect is to walk. I I mean I love to walk, walk walk the trails, walk you know climb the mountains. I mean, and then you then you see and feel the beauty about you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I say that's how you connect. You know you connect through we connect through ceremony and, and everybody has as much ceremony as they want because we've got we can walk on the mother. Right. Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that uh, it's okay to do ceremony in your own way, um, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, you know, um, to go out and take a walk in nature. Many times I, w- I will do that, and then I will say, okay, I'm going to do ceremony for whatever it is for myself, 
And then, you know, whether I bring tobacco or whether I bring gemstones or whatever it is or whatever I find uh, along the trail, you know, to, I, I encourage people to, to do their own ceremonies. It's very powerful. And, and I talk about it in my first book, In the Key of Life, An Activational Journey to the Soul, a ceremony that I did when I arrived, uh, shortly after I arrived in Sedona. Uh, where I did a death and rebirth ceremony and for myself, and I took, you know, a piece of wood. It was probably an old piece of, I don't know. I'm not sure what it was, but um, but I, I etched things in there and I and I put things on there and I, you know, and I made this de- declaration that the old is gone and I threw it out into the arroyo and then I made my rebirth stick as I called it. And I added things on there to signify the rebirth, the renewal of who I am. So I encourage people to, you know, to do this uh, and and to connect to the mother and to include her in your ceremonies. I think that's very, very important, very powerful. Well, we got a couple remember minutes we left. Did, you and I, yeah, remember you and I did the, uh, with some friends, did the ceremony of putting tobacco or whatever was important to us in the, in the water. Yeah. Remember we did yes. that? Yeah, I mean that's yes. another way of connecting. We did that. We did that to to um, show our respect for the water. Uh huh. Yeah, so we think, did respect yeah. for the water. Yeah. The water as a symbol of emotions. When we did that emotional um, energy grid that we uh, did the ceremony for last year, I think it was um, when we created yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, water is water is symbolic of emotions and how they flow. And water carries, you know, water is important for life. We can't live without water. Water is ubiquitous. It's it's interesting when you do the science and you check around that you know there's water on black holes and in places you never think. So, yeah, we need water. We've got a little over a minute left, Brian. Anything else you want to share with us before we end today? Well, I would just, you know, I would, I would just think that um, if you're going to do ceremony, however you do it, just do it in a respectful way, and respect other people's uh, traditions and and uh, the way that they do things, and just, you know, most of those people think that they're doing it in a good way, and and pray for them that they do it in a good way. Um, just be respectful of yes. one another, and and and. One another and, and all of our relations, yep. All and all of our relations, yes, very good. Yeah. Well, Brian, this has been great. I really enjoyed this show. I am so grateful that you came on today. <laughs> and maybe we can do this again. <laughs> but right, we're well, almost done. Thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Brian. And thank you all, all for right. listening to Earth Energy Forecast. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care.